We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody who is wondering how to be honest and vulnerable without being intense. But before we begin, Mm. we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. No, definitely not. Still not. (laughs) I've never been. Uh, So please take our advice as you see fit. We are only here to awful, awful. We're only here to be awful. (laughs) I hope not. Offer our humble musings so we shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right. Before we dive into today's letter, we've got a quick check-in topic because it is the first episode of the week. Um, Before I do that, I want to say thank you to all of our new patrons who have been subscribing to support us over on Patreon. Sam and I have a goal of hitting 100 new subscribers in the month of January, and we've sort of revamped our Patreon, kept all of the goodness, but just like made it a little better (laughs) Um, to hopefully entice some of you to come over and support us on that platform. Check it out at patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. For as little as $5 a month, you get an extra weekly episode. You also get access to a, a Zoom hangout, a monthly Zoom hangout with Sam and I, where you can ask us questions live. So if we if you've written to us and we haven't answered your question, or you just want to hear like our musings on like what we would wear to a first date or our favorite <laughs> horror movies or whatever, uh-huh. come and come and hang out with us at the Just Break Up Office Hours. Uh, you can find out more about what we're offering. You can subscribe, cancel anytime. Um, check it out at patreon.com slash just break up pod. Now for the check-in topic. Uh, the other day, my wife was like running to a corner store to get me some tomatoes no. or okay. crushed tomatoes for <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> a recipe. You know, I'm making dinner and I realize I don't have anything anyway. So she ran into 
uh, a community member, a neighbor that she sees everywhere. Uh, and my wife being the very friendly person she is was like, hey, you know, I see you everywhere walking your dog. Like, what's up? You know, like saying something friendly. And uh, they were chatting and the neighbor said, yeah, you know, I'm not really antisocial, but I am asocial. So I really just enjoy hanging out with my dog. <laughs> and um, Willow came home and told me the story because she loved that phrase. And I do, too. Uh, first of all, I've never heard of someone describe themselves as asocial. I've heard antisocial or introverted or whatever. But I love the phrase or label asocial, especially in the context of what I now understand about asexuality. You know, obviously sexuality is on a spectrum and we use labels as markers to sort of attempt to contain our humanity <laughs> or mm -hmm. our complicated humanness. Mm -hmm. And I loved the idea that socializing, that, that socializing can be a spectrum as well. You know, we know introverted and extroverted, like as that binary. Mm -hmm. um, and then we know more extreme versions of that, like antisocial against socializing, I'm guessing, is the, I don't know, legal <laughs> definition. <laughs> and then, you know, like hypersocial, social butterfly, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah, whatever. Um, but I loved the, I loved this idea of, of thinking about asocial through the, the lens of asexuality that like, you know, maybe you just don't need it to feel fulfilled or maybe you have certain preferences or um, maybe you don't find the same pleasure in it um, or fulfillment in it than other people do. Well, yada, yada, yada. I just really enjoyed thinking about socializing through this new uh, label that I learned. And it made me think yet again about labels and how for me in my journey, you know, we get a lot of letters about like bisexual fraud panic, you know, and people being afraid that their sexuality isn't valid or maybe their sexuality isn't fully contained in a nice, clean label. Um, and just in general, sexual or social, for me, I think labels are really just about playing and finding those touchstones that make us feel held and, and seen, you know, like finding, I can imagine someone finding the word asexual and, and discovering the plethora of, of definitions or markers that fall under that label. And they'd be like, wow, I, I, maybe I feel that socially, you know, or maybe, <laughs> maybe I feel that professionally. Like I am <laughs> I'm a, a professional. <laughs> you because you don't, you don't care about work <laughs> okay jokes aside like i know like labels are labels are more more powerful than they are a joke um so 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 go going away from that um i don't know just like having a i wanted to share that i thought about the podcast and you immediately when i heard mm -hmm. that and just sort of opening a conversation about um how exploratory labels can be and how really at the end of the day, they're just for you to find something that feels secure and true to you, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I think, I think labels are so often also a reaction to like the assumed right or best way of being right. Like, you know, yeah. You know, I think about this person who has had like, has had to find a word that fits 
the idea that they don't like want to talk to everyone all the time, right? And yeah. be like, what Meanwhile, word can my I wife use? is like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> my wife probably like crossed the street to go talk to them. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, uh, yeah, right. Because we like you know we have a preference for people who are social, right? Like we have a preference for people who are straight. Where we have, and and so like so often. It's like we have we try and find a label because we're like, but I don't fit into that idea of how I'm supposed to be acting. So I need a I need a word like a shorthand to be able to convey to somebody like I don't fit into the box that you're trying to put me into. And I think that there's definitely something powerful in that. Um, And I also think that like, you know, labels don't a word, a social, asexual, queer, gay, whatever is not going to like fully encompass anyone's experience. And I think it's also important for us to think about the ways in which all of us can practice self-awareness around our practices and our preferences and like how our brains and bodies work in social situations by ourselves um, in ways that are like tied to labels for sure, but are also really unique because each of us is, has our own way of being and doing. Um, And, and, that means that also everyone around us has their own way of being and doing, right? And part of it is like, how do we how do we continue to be curious about that stuff so that we can actually get to know the people around us and say like, how do you like to engage in the world, right? Like, I'd really like that your neighbor told Willow that because now Willow has more information to be able like to be like, okay, well then maybe I won't invite that person over to a big party we're having, right? Like, right, maybe that's right. not their yeah. jam, right? Or whatever it yeah. might be, which is I think really helpful. And labels like get us there, and I think that there's like another step beyond labels, which is to, like we know the label and also like, how are we still curious about what their experience of that label is? Right. Like a social yes. might mean a lot of different things, which might be like, I don't want to go to a big party, but I'll still like come hang out with you. Or like, I really don't want to talk to you. <laughs> right. Like there's like so many different ways that that could, could like play out in the same way that like queer and straight and, you know, disabled or whatever, like all of these different labels have like a plethora of nuance that goes with everyone's individual experience of them. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because I don't know about you, but like I grew up thinking about labels being for other people, like Mm. labels were a way for other people to understand us. And then as I aged, I shifted my thinking like through my lived experience and my relationships to be like, okay, this label is for me to understand myself, but also so that I can, I can point to something I can point to that label to tell people about who I am. So it's like a tool for you. It's not, it's not a practice for other people. I used to feel like, you know, my bisexual fraud panic came because I felt like I had to prove that I was bisexual. I had to prove that it was real. And I was always afraid that I wasn't real enough. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, that label doesn't it's only for me. It's only for me to tell other people who I am. Um, but so that I don't misspeak, I think it's a combination of both things. And, and it's always a nuanced relationship to those words. Like you said, like we always have to be they're they're place markers. They're, they're touchstones. They're something that you can point to, to be like, I am in the shape of that, but I contain my own diverse, unique human experience. I think about, um, how when I first learned about um, the Myers-Briggs test, I remember feeling, I remember taking it and, and reading the, the assessment of my type 
and it's saying that I am the most introverted of the extroverts. And that actually like, again, the way that language gives us these touchstones, I was like, wow, that really resonates with me. And just those words, just those labels allowed me to be more deeply in touch with who I am. And the other the other side of the coin is like bisexual, the label bisexual for years made me anxious about being in touch with who I am because I felt like I didn't fit in the right labels or whatever. Sure. Absolutely. I don't know. No, and, and I think also like sometimes labels can be limitations on us of like what we're capable of too, right? Like, you know, I think that, that sometimes we can use labels to be like, oh, well, I, I, I can't do that. And it's like, Sure, maybe, but also like, have you tried? <laughs> you know what I mean? Where it's like, as somebody who's like an introvert, I think for a long time, like in my twenties, I was like, I'm an introvert. That means that I don't have to talk to anyone. And it was like, well, that's not actually true. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> you kind of do. Uh, and also, yeah. like talking to people, I I love people, right? Like, and connecting with people means that sometimes I have to challenge my own introversion, and I actually have to like break out of that shell a little bit. And what I think one of the things that I've like discovered about myself is like, oh, I am capable of being social for sure, and I need recharge time, right? Or I'm better one on one. I can do it in a group, but like, and like doing that sort of self-reflective practice has helped me know how best I can do the thing that I want to do, which is like be in relationship with people, <laughs> you know, like, and, right. and I think when I, when I was younger and I was just like, I'm an introvert, I like, I sold myself short in mm. the, the level of nuance and complication that exists within me and like what I'm capable of. And it, it sold Ooh, myself short that. because it's not like, it's not like I didn't need to talk to people. What I actually needed was to talk to people in a particular way that was helpful for me, right? Or be in a space where I'm really uncomfortable for a little bit in pursuit of a goal and then come back home and recharge and be like, ooh, that was exhausting. Like, what are we doing? You know, like- Yes, totally. Yes. I, I think that, I think it's important for us to to use labels and like live in that. And like, I am an introvert. Like I, I will never be anything else besides yes. an introvert, right? Like that is the <laughs> definition of who I am. And yes. to say like- we, we should afford ourselves more more complexity of our own understanding of ourselves so that we can we can use what is available to us to figure out how we want to move forward through the world. Right. Like even thinking about the idea of like so many people in my, like for a long time I identified as gay. And so then it was like, cool, I'm only attracted to men. Right. And then I was like, right. wait a minute. No, I'm not. <laughs> right. Like, yes, for sure, for sure, for sure. Like, I don't know that I identify as like bisexual or pan or whatever, but I also am like, there's a wealth of more attraction that I have than just this one label that I have chosen, but is also like confining in a particular way. Right. I don't know. Does that make sense? Or am I like being totally, uh, do I sound like a boomer? <laughs> like That's my question. <laughs> well, I, I think that I love this entire no, conversation. No, if it's any boomers who listen, you all are wonderful. <laughs> in the entire, like I have had such a pendulum swing of a relationship to labels, you know what I yeah. mean? And it has that swing, that, that swinging has also been, you know, whether they've been powerful to me or detrimental to me, whether they've been, you know, whether they were for someone else, well, whether they were external or internal, helpful or detrimental, you know, but I think it contain it's all of that, you know, it is, it is, it is truly all of, all of that. So, um, it makes a ton of sense to me and, uh, yeah, I love it. I, I totally agree with all of that. 
Labels are and powerful, I just love friends. the idea of asocial. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> because it's powerful. Because it it's is. like, oh, it doesn't fill my cup the way it might fill someone who is incredibly social. And again, as we move through the world with different people who have 100% wholly different experiences of reality than we do, it was so powerful to, for me to hear this neighbor say that they were asocial because I'm like, wow, okay, cool. I understand their experience that much more with these words. Oh, for but sure. But that, that label isn't for me. It's for them to, <laughs> yes. to better know themselves or, or, or to point to and say like, Absolutely. Or, you know, whatever. Anyway. And also labels are very powerful ways for us to find community and solidarity with each other. Yes. Right. Like, and I think yes, that's really totally. important too. And, and, you know, I think we should, Make sure that we're continuing to do that, right? Like find community with each other because people are going to continue to target queer people, right? Like, and like, I think it's important for us to do that. And also, right, like how are we holding that to be true while also holding to be true that our experience of those labels are all going to be different because we're different people in different bodies with different experiences and different identities. Yeah. <laughs> Starting off 2024 Always. with a ton of vague statements. <laughs> Uh, I, lo I love us. Um, okay, cool. Well, thanks for musing on that with me. Where do you think you, if you had to, if you had to make up a label for you and your social and you and, and, and your relationship to socializing, what, would you, what do you think your label would be? Oh, that's hard. I was thinking like demi-social where it's like, I want to socialize Literally, with you if I really like I was you. About. But I also love socializing with, with, I love socializing one-on-one -on -one with a stranger. <laughs> like that's fun. Yeah. You're a freak to me in that way. <laughs> I love that we do that whole check and tap. We are like, just be curious. And I'm like, God. That sounds absolutely stupid. I'm for stupid. sure demi-social because I, I really love a level of intimacy in my connections. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. <sighs> that's why I'm so obsessed with you is because I know you so well. And it's like... <laughs> can't get that from anybody else you no. know you're just it's like we just like the oh. oldest friend i have maybe i'm like an avoidantly attached demisexual and you're an anxiously attached demisexual <laughs> <laughs> not demisexual demisocial oh uh, oh my god do you want to know what year it is samuel 2024 in the year of 2024 my father asked me if he could read my copy of attached <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, speechless. Like I don't even know. I don't know how I'm supposed to react to the statement. Um, I know. Interesting. Is it? I know. Is he in? Is he having some relationship issues, or is he just being self-aware? To our Patreon <laughs> to find out more. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Okay. Let's, <laughs> let's get into today's letter. Today's letter comes from Confidentially Crushing, whose pronouns are she, her, who is writing from The City That I Love. Hi, Sierra, Sam, and Spencer. I've been thinking about writing in about this topic for months and have finally gotten the courage to do it. I, she, her, moved to a new city on the West Coast about two years ago. At the time that I moved, I had just gotten out of a five-year relationship that had really defined my experience of the last city that I lived in, so I decided to make a conscious decision to stay out of any serious romantic relationships until I felt I had established a solid social network of my own. I now have that. 
I have gotten to know the city well and feel very grounded here with a few very close friends that I feel really lucky to have met. The problem is I have a crush on one of those close friends. Let's call him Chris, he, him, which I am scared may end up risking the network that I have built. This crush has been gradually growing for almost a year now. Most of the time I have known him despite doing my best to move on and let go of it. Chris hasn't given me any reason to believe that he reciprocates my feelings, but we get along really well and spend quite a bit of time together. I have had friends recommend that I try flirting with him and see how he responds, but I am absolutely abysmal at flirting and at identifying when someone is flirting with me. So that approach is not a great fit for me. To make things more complicated, another of my close friends, let's call her Paula, she, her, used to have a crush on him as well. Paula expressed her feelings for him several months ago, and they were not reciprocated. Now, Paula, Chris, and I hang out together pretty often. Both of these friendships and these people are very important to me. So now I have a few questions for you. One, should I shoot my shot with Chris or keep my feelings to myself? Two, understanding that nothing is certain, how do I navigate all of this in a way to minimize the risk to my friendships? Three, if I do shoot my shot, any specific advice on how to word and approach this would be awesome. How do I approach being honest and vulnerable without being too intense? And finally, final bonus question, Sierra, if you have any wisdom about navigating feelings (laughs) of not being queer enough as a bisexual woman whose only serious past relationship was with a man and who is currently crushing on a man, I would really appreciate that as well. Regardless of whether you choose to answer this, I really appreciate the opportunity to organize my thoughts and put them out there. Thank you so much for all the care and vulnerability you bring to JBU. Confidently crushing. All right, my darling. Thank you so much for writing, for listening, and for trusting us with this letter. I'm glad that you decided to finally write in. You know, I told Sam that I chose this letter because it was just like a straight up relationship advice question. (laughs) You know, I feel like Sam and I, we really enjoy answering questions. Like later this week, we're going to answer an in-law question. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've, we've just answered the full gamut of questions (laughs) about the human experience. And this was like straight up, like, should I tell someone I have a crush on them? (laughs) (laughs) Also throwback to five years ago when I didn't know how to pronounce the word gamut on the show. If you're an OG listener, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, Okay. So uh, thank you for writing and for trusting us with this. And I'm glad you finally decided to write in. I think that this is probably, you know, this feels more stressful than it is. And also it's a good thing to move through this situation with a little bit of intentionality and nuance, because like you said, these are a big part of your social life here in this new city. And um, I feel like there there's a way to move through this crush situation that's sort of like an elephant in a china shop. Um, and there's, an, there's a way to move through it where you're like a very dainty elephant. Mm-hmm. In I love that. A, just a little tiny elephant. Try, in a china <laughs> shop. Yeah, I'm just trying to be like not anti-elephant. <laughs> <laughs> Elephants are great. <laughs> They're so smart. They're anyway. so smart. <laughs> they take care so of each other. So we are, oh my God, I'm unhinged today. Uh, we're going to tell you how to be a dainty elephant um, while also <laughs> like that. reminding you that vulnerability isn't intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just afraid it is. Um, but first we have to take a very quick break. Break. 
All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. (laughs) We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Um... Yeah. So how to be a dainty elephant? That's the question that we have in front of us. Um, You know, I think that Sierra and I, 99% of the time are on board with the shooting your shot, right? Like, I think that we're, (laughs) we love the idea of you all putting yourselves out there, being vulnerable and saying to the people that you like, like, Hey, I like you. Do you want to see how this goes? Um, 
And it sounds like this Chris person is amazing. I mean, so amazing that two of his friends have developed crushes on him. So like, I think that that's, that's an indication that he is uh, somebody who is cool. Um, and, you know, it's not like this is like something that you've been like, that is like sudden, right? Like you've known this person for a long time. You have been developing this crush for like a year at this point. So it feels like, yeah, I mean, if now's the time to, to say something and do something, right? So that you can have the information that you need about how you want to proceed with this, right? Because so much of crushes are about like the, the like, will they... I don't know, like, what's going on? Like, is this happening? Is this not happening? Right. And, and when it can be easier to like put someone into a different box, if they actually say to us, like, this isn't going to happen. Yes. Right. Or like, I'm not interested. Yeah. Right. Cause then it's, we know it will be a lot easier to let go of your crush. If your crush is like, it's not reciprocated. Absolutely. Cause then there's like the ambiguity is gone. And instead we're like, okay, now instead yes. of being like in this place of like, what's happening, are we doing and what, what it's like, now I have to figure out how to get over somebody who's rejected me, which is challenging in its own, <laughs> in its own way, but a little more cut and dry, right? Like there's more clarity to like what the, what the step and the process is, right? Like this person's not for me. So I need to figure out how I'm, I'm tending to myself in this. Um, and so I think you should, you should have a conversation with Chris. I think you should ask him, you should tell him that you have some feelings for him and ask him if he reciprocates them. And if he wants to like go on a date or something and see what happens, see what he says. Right. Yeah. I know that that is scary and terrifying. And like, I, I totally understand. Um, and I think that you deserve to at least make known how you're feeling about this person and yeah. to see whether or not there's anything that could be reflected back to you. You deserve it. Yeah. Before I, you know, launch into how to navigate this f friendship, you know, this, this three-way friendship delicacy. Mm -hmm. um, I also want to say, I think Sam and I are 99% pro shooting your shot because ultimately we are pro, like Sam said, having your feelings known and pro everyday rejections, right? Like, mm, yes, absolutely. This is something I'm really trying to get used to is that every day, every season of my life, I will be rejected. I will disappoint people. I will be disappointed. I will have conflict. And that does not mean I am inherently undesirable or unworthy, you know, like just, I guess, normalizing small rejections is another thing that I think is important mm -hmm. and, and knowing that just like Paula and this, this person, Chris, right. Is that the pseudonym? Yep. Just like them, you could also withstand a possible unreciprocated conversation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And that like, you know, I'm all about people only putting themselves in, in situations that feel safe and comfortable and nutritious to them. But like, I, I also think that you could be, you could, Chris could t tell you that your feelings aren't reciprocated by him and you could still find friendship, find a really nutritious friendship from him, mm -hmm. uh, with him. Yeah. And I think that also one of the things that I want to also hold is that like relationships change all the time, right? I think so many of mm. us like try and like, especially with friendships, we're like, okay, I need to bring all of my friendships into stasis and then like keep them that way for the rest of time. And, and like, yeah, if you and Chris start dating, your relationship with Paula is probably going to change. And 
Mm. Your relationship with Paula is going to change regardless because we are people who are in a constant state of change, right? Like, and I think about this in lots of different ways where it's been like, oh, I don't know if we can do this thing because our relationship is going to, is going to be different. And then it's like, yeah, it will. And so how do we navigate that with intentionality, right? Like how do we hold in our head that our relationships are going to change so that we can shift and adapt as that stuff happens, right? And I'm like, when Sierra moved to Albany, right? It was like, our relationship is going to change. And then we had to yes, be like, totally. and it was like sad and devastating, right? Like all of those things also very exciting. Cause she was like moving to be with Willow, which was great, but it's also just like, it was a yes. And, and mm-hmm. it was like, okay, so the choice is that like Sierra doesn't do the thing that she really wants to do and like pursue the love that she has. <laughs> right. And like stay in Minneapolis in this like state forever. Or we acknowledge the fact that like, this is something that's going to happen and needs to happen because this is what Sierra needs to do in order to like pursue something that's important to her. So how are we being intentional about what our relationship looks like going forward? Right. And, and I think that it's important for us to do that kind of stuff because, because I feel this a lot with lots of people where it's like, if there's, we have to preserve the status quo of our relationships, but that is absolutely impossible because, because things are always going to change around us. So I don't want you to like put that burden on yourself. I want you to put a, instead like a, a burden of saying like our relationship is gonna change always because that's how relationships work. So how am I, how am I in a place where I'm sort of constantly thinking about what is it? What does my relationship need now? How am I tending to it in this moment as opposed to how I've always tended to it? Totally. Is that, is I think that? that's okay. so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And our relationships are changing even when they feel like they're standing still. Absolutely. You know? Right. Um, I have to ask like the, the question that's at the foundation of this letter, which is like how to navigate the third party's feelings, you know? And when I was prepping for this, I would, I asked Willow, like, if, you know, do you, do you wait and see if the crush is reciprocated or do you tell Paula you have the crush first? And I think I feel a little... I think I know which one I, 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 I would do. Um, but I feel torn because, you know, one, one way, you know, telling Paula first is a significant nod to the respect of the relationship to their feelings. You know, it, it is a way to show Paula that you value your friendship with her and that you are being considerate of their feelings in this whole process. Mm-hmm. And then on the, on the other hand, number one, the crush might not be reciprocated at all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> number two, if it is, I, I'm wondering, you know, like I'm afraid that maybe Paula will have an adverse reaction to you having a crush. And then maybe you, I don't know. I feel really torn because like, are you putting this person's in the past and unreciprocated crush on too high of a pedestal in compare? You know what I mean? Like I, I, I totally value the, the thought that you're putting into this and the care for your friend's feelings. I think you, I think you should move through this whole situation with a consideration for your friend's feelings. But do I think those feelings should take precedent over any, I don't know. I don't know. I sound like an asshole <laughs> when I no, say that out loud. I don't think you do. Cause I, I think 
Um, I think that the way that I would handle it is to see if this crush is reciprocated. And then before anything happens, be really clear with Paula, like we're going to be, you know, I have a crush on him. He said he reciprocates and we're going to like go out on a date together. And I want you to know, because I don't want it to be a secret. And also like, I know that you had a crush on this person. So like, this is probably landing on you in a way. Like, I think that that for me feels like the respectful thing to do. Um, You know why that works is because it's valuing her feelings and yours equally. It's not saying I'm not going to move, you know, like it's not putting her hers before yours, but it's not putting yours before her before hers either. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's moving forward with both of them. I I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Cause you're, cause you're saying before we go on a date, I wanted you to know that this is happening, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause it's like, I don't want, I don't want this to be a secret. It doesn't need to be a secret. And I want you to know, cause I want you to decide how you want to respond to what's happening here. Um, Yeah. And I think like, you know, I think as you're thinking about what it looks like to tell Chris about this crush, um, you know, I think like Sierra said before we went on break, right? Like that this, we often think of like being vulnerable as like being intense or like being honest with people as like being intense. Um, And I just want to say it's not intense, right? Like I think that there's like, if you were like, hey, hello, I want to kidnap you and like eat your fingers and then have your babies. Like that would be kind of intense, right? Like that would be like, oh, Ooh, what hot. is happening here? Right? As an but, anxiously attached person, I'm so like, would be like, availability, thanks. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> if you were like, hey, I want to go to the grocery store with you, I'd be like, what the fuck? No. Why Why would we is go to the groceries? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, get away from me. Why are you so intense? Um, right. <laughs> so I think the way that I would do this, right, as somebody who uh, tends to. Is chill. To, and cool. <laughs> like just like say things. Uh, <sighs> right. I would I would go to Chris and I would say, Hey, I have something I want to tell you. Um, you know, it's been really great to get to know you over the course of the last year and like I'm developing some romantic feelings for you. Like I think that the two of us are really compatible and I would love to try out dating and kind of see how things go. Would you be interested or uh, in going on a date with me? Right? Like taking this to like taking our level or our relationship to something different, right? Because that's how you feel, right? Like there's something intense about that, right? Like your feelings, your feelings are not like monsters. They are just like feelings that are in you that you are perfectly capable of like living in, in a way that is like, is good and kind and like helpful for the world. So I think saying something like that, would be helpful. I'm like, I don't know how he's going to respond because I don't know him, but I would like to think that if he is as great as you think he is, that he will respond either in with kindness in a no or with kindness in a yes. Let's see how this goes. Mm. But your feelings yeah. aren't, your feelings aren't something that need to be like managed because they're not out of control, right? They're not embarrassing. Right. They're just feelings that you're having that are absolutely you understandable. You, you said it took a... Took you months to write us. <laughs> like they sound in control to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to say quickly, like, I know it could be potentially polarizing that we're like, you know, you we're not outright saying that you need to ask your friends permission or anything. Um, you know, you, you absolutely could go to your friend first. And I think that would be a respectful and, and considerate thing. Um And I also think it's possible for it to be respectful and considerate in the other direction, you know, where you you approach Chris first and then you bring whatever findings to your friend, if appropriate. 
I think everybody's going to have their own understanding of what's right here. Um, what I want to make sure is that you're not putting an undue uh, hierarchy on whose feelings are the most important in this situation. Right. Because if that was true, then every single day I could find a way to swallow my feelings. I could find a way mm -hmm. to um, prioritize someone else's comfort over mine, you know, and we're not here to say, be a shitty friend. We're here to say, it's a reasonable challenge that your friendship could endure. You know, it's a reasonable thing for you to want to maybe pursue this crush. It's a reasonable and understanding thing, understandable thing that both of you had or have crushes on the same person. And it's very reasonable of you to want to act on those, you know, like navigating this might hurt some feelings. Um, and you're, you're capable of navigating that as, as three adults, um, I think I just want to say that is that like, I know a lot of people have like very strong girl code out there or whatever you want to call it about friends and relationships. But, you know, I just want to make sure that you're balancing that correctly, that there is a way to move through this situation with love and consideration and care while also saying like me pursuing these feelings, I'm not doing it flippantly. I'm not doing it selfishly. I'm not doing it in a hurtful way. Um, yeah, you can, you can hold all of it in your actions. And, and if you want, you can, you can approach Paula first and say, I have a crush on this person and I'm going to tell them. And I wanted you to know first so that you had time to prepare yourself for whatever his reaction is going to be. That's a, that's a fine way to do it too. Yeah. And I think it's like, for me, like, totally understand girl code or bro code or whatever but like yeah. I think it's also more respectful to like assume that Paula can handle hard news mm, <laughs> right I like that. I think it's more respectful to assume that Paula can like has the complexity or like the fortitude to be able to look at a situation and feel her own feelings while also being totally. okay with what's happening right like I think sometimes I think that like obviously being respectful of your friends is like really important and I'm not trying to, to shoot that down, but I do think that there's like something that can be kind of infantilizing about the idea that like, Oh, I have to create a buffer around this person so that they're never upset. Right? Like, no, totally. Paula is capable of being upset and also like navigating through those feelings. Cause she sounds like a really good friend to you. Right. And I, and I think, totally. I think it's important. And I think the same thing is true with Chris, right? Like, it sounds like he's a good friend to you. So he's probably also capable of navigating through the reality of the fact that he might disrupt the, or like you two dating might disrupt this, this threesome that you have going on. Right. Or yeah. he might be able to hold that. Like you have feelings for him and he doesn't reciprocate them. Right. Like I think I, I love the idea of like being kind to people. And I also want to like create space for the idea that like, we are also like people who are capable of doing this kind of stuff of like holding this complexity with each other. And, and that feels more like vulnerability and relationship to me than just saying like, Oh, she can't handle it. So I'm never going to do that. Right. Like she can, she's, she can do it. Right. And you know what it is too, is that like, I think there's the narrative out there of like, <laughs> it's a black and white narrative that like mm -hmm. you either put your friends first or you, aren't a girl's girl or whatever people are saying <laughs> yeah, yeah, about yeah. Ari Ariana Grande, <laughs> you know, like, um, as though we know literally anything about Ari Ariana's relationships, like 
we just do, I just don't like I would love to judge her if I fucking had a clue, you know, <laughs> things. Yes. <laughs> um, but anyway, you know, in this situation, like I think the stress that you're putting on ourselves about this is because we societally are not really practiced in in recognizing that, you know, for example, you've you've sat on this crush for a year. You've sat on writing to your podcast friends for several months. You are putting so much thought into how to move forward with any of this that it is abundantly clear to me and Sam that you value these friendships. The, the valuing and respect of the friendships is there. I don't know if your friend will be able to access that respect. We'll, we'll be able to see how much care and consideration you put into that. But that is less important than you actually caring and considering their feelings. Do you know what I mean? Like Paula might not, Paula might be hurt, period. But we have, our feelings get hurt on the regular. Like that's a part of life. Um, you're being very thoughtful and I want you to shoot the shot, the shot, the singular shot, your <laughs> shot. And we wish you the best of luck. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you so much for writing. We love you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like more content from us or if you would like access to our monthly office hours, you can support us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode this month, January 2024. We're hoping to get an additional 100 patrons. So if you've been thinking about it, if you've been on the fence, now is the time to sign up for that content. We love you and appreciate you for doing that because it makes this show sustainable for us. That's patreon.com slash just break up pod you can slide into our dm send us your favorite relationship memes but most importantly you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise please remember to like follow subscribe give us a five-star rating and review this literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcast and his music. And remember, you can have all the consideration and care in the world for your actions, you know, for another person and their feelings can still be hurt. Sometimes our efforts don't always equal the outcome we want. And that's okay. That is just yet another thing in this world that is outside of our full control. Lean in. Know that you're just doing your best. And sometimes your best looks different to other people. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>